My Car Guru, Season 11, Episode 62. Yes, here we are again for more fun and frolicking in and around the car business. Doesn't that sound exciting? I know it's not like going to Disney World, but it's the best I have to offer right now. This is Lenny Lawson, and I am the not-self-appointed car guru. That, that label was placed on me in the showroom at Gateway Ford, my car dealership. And I was just talking, explaining about how this particular technology worked on a car. Don't remember exactly what the subject was, but she just looked at me and she said, you're just like a car guru. Ding! And a little light bulb went off, and I said, well, that's very interesting. So many years ago, the radio station was running these special things. Well, you probably listen to them. Um, they have businesses come in and talk about their businesses. You know, you might have a veterinarian or a stockbroker or a real estate person. So they uh, had a room opened up and said, hey, how would you like to be on a, a radio program? I said, doing what? And they said, well, we have these little segments that businesses can come in and talk about their business. I said, well, okay, well, let me think about it. Well, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to just get on there and talk about my business. I could talk about the business, about cars and the history of cars, and you know, try to help people, try to help them figure out a way to navigate this. Because it does take some navigation. You know, If you don't know anything about buying a car, especially if you're young, just getting out of college, just graduating, and you know, if you got your parents there, then they can help you. But if you don't, you're out on your own, then you walk into a new car dealership these days. If you choose poorly, you could end up paying for that decision for years and years. So you want to make sure you get off on the right foot. That's why if you have youngsters that are getting ready to, I don't know, get out on their own, you need to direct them to the My Car Guru podcast because somewhere in there is something that they need to hear with regards to dealing with, you know, the typical new car salesperson. You know, there are great salespeople out there, but they're not typical. The great ones are rather scarce. And I'll tell you how you can tell a great one. They don't talk about the numbers. They don't talk about the price. They talk about you. They ask a lot of questions about you and your car life. Well, how do you use your car? What are you trying to accomplish you know, with a new car purchase? And they don't talk about numbers. You know, yes, I know the numbers are important. What you can afford is a critical part of the decision. You know, if you're buying a house, same thing. You, know, you may not get approved for the loan if you don't make enough money or if the payment may just be too high for the house that you're looking at. Same thing for, for a car. But the weak salesperson, I've talked about this a lot, the weak salesperson, one of the first things out of their mouth is going to be, what kind of monthly payment you're looking for? Or they, may, they might say something like, how much you want for your trade-in? You know, they're just jumping right on the price. And you know they're not trained to say that. We, we try to educate our salespeople. Most dealers do. Well, I say that. That's probably not true. Most dealers show them where their desk is, where the keyboard is, and where the inventory is, and say, now go sell. And they learn how to sell from the worst salespeople that work at the dealership. They don't learn from the best because the best aren't standing out there, you know, just waiting on somebody to pull in and so they can pounce on them. The best ones are on the phone. Uh, the best ones are generating their own customers through prospecting. 
They're using Facebook, Facebook Marketplace. They're not waiting on lot traffic. They're not waiting on strangers to come on the lot. They're selling cars to people that they've sold cars to before. They've been there a while. They study the product. They know the product. They don't, they, they don't talk price until it's time to talk price. They talk needs and wants. And then once they nail something down, they figure out what's exactly the right vehicle. This is the vehicle that you want. You know, we used to talk about the price value scales. Uh, and my grandfather, on his uh, coffee table in their house, or my grandfather and grandmother, on their coffee table in their house, they had these fake scales. You may have seen them. Sometimes people will put flowers on one side and little decorated, decorative balls on the other side or grapes or something like that. And they had those. And so somehow I ended up with them. They're actually on my or in my music room where I hang out a lot of times. And it's on my desk there. And I just think about those, those scales and I think about my grandparents. But those scales, uh, I've used them a lot in sales training. And I said, okay, one side represents price and the other side represents value. So, you know, what is value? It's what you get for your money, right? It's not what you pay for something. It's, it's what you get. So whenever the price goes up, the value goes down. Whenever the value goes up, the price goes down. Now, the price may not literally go down. And what I mean by that is if somebody is looking at a car, they walk up and they see a window sticker and it says $35,000. They say, man, that's a lot of money for a car. That's ridiculous. But then a good salesperson comes out who really knows his product and he does a full walk-around presentation. He shows them everything. He shows them all the beautiful or wonderful features and benefits and how it will benefit them because he's already interviewed them and found out what they're really after, what they're trying to accomplish. So he does his presentation, then they go on the demo drive, and then they pull it back up. Guess what happened? All of a sudden, $35,000 doesn't sound quite as much as it did because he has built the value in the product. They can now see what they're getting for the 35000 Before, they didn't know. They didn't know it had all these safety features. They didn't know it would get this tremendous fuel economy. They didn't know about the lifetime powertrain warranty like we have at my dealership. They didn't know about all this other stuff. They didn't know they got free maintenance, you know, for two years. Um, so you've got to be able to, well, I don't know if you call it selling. I mean, I, th- I call it presenting. You're just presenting facts, to folks. And people appreciate that. You know, never had any customer say, Hey, Lenny, would you quit talking? Uh, we don't want to know anything about this vehicle. We just want to know how much it is. Never had that happen. Uh, I've had him tell me to quit talking though, before I had a sales manager one time told me that this is when I was new in the car business. He said, Lenny, you stop talking when the car's already sold. So what would happen is the customer said, yeah, I guess we'll take it. And I'd keep selling. I said, well, you're just going to love that cruise control and, and those intermittent wipers, and it's just going to be. And he overheard me, and after it was all over, he was nice about it the, the first time. He wasn't so nice to say. He said, Lenny, you're still selling it. The customers said that they're going to buy it. You need to hush and just get the paper, you know, and get them to sign it. I said, okay, I'll try to, I'll, I'll do better. So, but see, I was a product knowledge guru back then because I really loved cars and I knew everything about them. I mean, if anybody, any of the older salespeople want to know anything about any of the cars that we sold, well, let go ask Lenny. He'll, he'll know. He'll know what the wheelbase is. He'll know what the, the displacement of, of the different engines are. And I did. 
I, I just thought that was important. But sometimes I guess I would talk too much. You can't imagine that, can you, after listening to this radio show? I'm 66 years old, and i still got the same habits. Okay, I'll be back in just a minute. Okay, I am back. I had two totally different types of experiences yesterday. I want to tell you about them. Uh, both of them impacted me emotionally and spiritually, but in totally different ways. The first one was, well, a couple weeks ago, I got a phone call from the head, or the, basically the president of the advertising agency that we use. They're in Birmingham, or Birmingham, Alabama. You know, that's a, I should have not used them because they're from Alabama. But anyway, they have worked out great, and I'm just kidding. So this guy calls me in and says, well, Lenny, the representative that you've been using, I'm not going to use his name, we've decided to part ways. And I said, What? I mean, this came just totally from left field for me because this this guy that works for the guy that was calling me was wonderful. I mean, he's one of those guys that that, that never patronizes me. And, you know, and I've had a problem with that. Sometimes when people are trying to sell you stuff, you know, they'll tell you how nice your hair looks or, you know, boy, that's a nice shirt, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, I just absolutely despise that. Just tell me what you want to tell. You know, let's just talk the truth. And so this guy did that. He was wonderful. He knew his stuff. You know, I always considered myself to be a marketing, not a genius, but a you know pretty good expert at it because I've been doing it for 40-some years. But, you know, that was TV, radio, and, and newspaper. Well, all this Internet stuff, you know, I didn't know anything about it. I was absolutely, totally in the weeds on that. And so... I knew that when we opened the new Nissan showroom that I needed help because they were younger buyers and I just, the marketing efforts that we were using with our Ford weren't working as well as they have. And of course, the pandemic was going on, but I just felt like I needed some help. I just couldn't handle it anymore. And so I called this company. Well, this fella that I was, that got fired worked with me for about two and a half years. And, I mean, he returned my phone calls on time. He gave me great advice. I felt like I was valued as a customer. But something happened. Now, I, I wasn't able to pull it out. There's confidential agreements and stuff. And I immediately, when I hung up with the guy that was calling me, the guy that owns the company, I immediately called the other guy. I said, I'm in shock. He said, you're not the only ones in shock. And I said, well, did you see this coming? And he said, no, I did not see it coming, but I probably should have. And that, you know, we talked a little bit about it and everything, and I was just, you know, I was I felt sorry for him. But I know that he'll land on his feet. But then he turned around and he said, Lenny, I can't tell you how much yours and my relationship has meant to me. And I hadn't known, you know, I've known the guy for two and a half years. But you know, he was very complimentary of the way that I have interacted with him because he he. He's not used to getting the kind of feedback, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what the issue was or why he liked me, but he did. I liked him too, and I felt comfortable with him, and now he's gone. Well, so this guy that owns the company a week later said, can I come see you? And I said, well, sure. Well, I didn't know he was going to fly his private jet to Greenville, Tennessee with his new rep to, uh, to talk to me about – he just wanted to make sure that I was going to stay with their advertising agency. 
Well, I told the guy, I said, you didn't have to fly here in a jet to, you know, to do that. You, we could have just talked on the phone. I'm not really going anywhere, but I really did like my rep. He said, I understand that. And I can't go into the issues why he doesn't work there, but he doesn't work there anymore. You know, and in the meantime, you know, in between the, the, the time that, that uh, we were working together, this young man had a terrible motorcycle accident, and he was almost killed, almost lost his, uh, his, uh, one of his legs in the accident. And, I mean, he was out of work for a long time. I, I hoped and prayed that, that his termination was not the result of that, and, of course, the boss assured me that it wasn't. And, but it was a very difficult recovery, and I would call him just about once a week and just see how he's doing because I cared about the guy. And so, you know, now here is this guy that I've grown very fond of, and he's not going to be there anymore. But the thing about it is that's a relationship that is established now and will go on for a long time, I hope. I mean, he's – how old is he? I think he's about 40. He might be 42, somewhere in that neighborhood. He's young. And he looks at me as a mentor. And I look at him as somewhat of a protege, and I'm extremely – honored, you know, that he looks at me that way. But it all started with a a good relationship. When somebody pulls a rug out from under that, uh, you have a decision to make. There's so many times people that have been like representatives of mine, they've gotten fired. We never talk anymore. You know, we just lose that connection. And so it's over with. And I don't want it to be that way. But because I value relationships. The second story is very similar to that as far as relationship is concerned. But this, uh, well, I, th- I think I talked about it on yesterday's show. This gentleman showed up in the in the showroom, and he just, I hadn't seen him in a long time, and he just looked bad. I, I, yeah, I did talk about this yesterday, but he just, he, he didn't look good. He didn't look healthy. I know he's old. He's like 86 years old. And, but normally he's always clean-shaven and everything, and I, st- I just sat down with him, and I, and I needed to find out what was going on. And he said that he had bumped into a vehicle. I mentioned that yesterday. And he was wanting to trade cars, and I the long story short is I talked to I said, you don't need to trade cars. There's nothing wrong with your car. I'll fix it for you. Well, today, uh, I'm sorry, I got my days mixed up. It was day before yesterday. To, uh, yesterday, I went to his house to pick up that car, and I took a guy with me. And so we picked up his vehicle, and he left, and I went inside. And this gentleman's wife is dying of cancer. Now, I've known her for a long time. I mentioned, I think I may have mentioned this, but, you know, he's been retired for a long time. She's retired. She's got cancer, and they have a uh, 40, mid-40s son that has Down syndrome. And I've always loved their son. I've loved them. Uh, you know, the, the gentleman, the father in the, in the household, he was always hard to deal with. I mean, he was just one of those negotiations. I mean, once he set his mind on a number as far as his trade-in was concerned or his, you know, what he was going to pay for the truck. There was no budging him. It was, it, there was no even, no reason to even attempt it. So I learned that. And so we became friends. I mean, he, he didn't always buy cars for me, but he was always call me and give me an opportunity to earn his business. Sometimes it just wouldn't work. You know, when Honda was doing, uh, several years ago, uh, Honda was just really aggressive with leasing. And he got in his head he wanted to lease a vehicle so he could get a new one all the time. He was tired of taking all this depreciation and and trading every couple of years, which is what he did. So 
might, may have been my suggestion or suggestion for him to lease. But so he leased, but he didn't lease for me. He leased Hondas, he leased Toyotas, and then occasionally he would get something from me. But you know, when it all when it all came down to it, who did he want to see? He wanted to see me. So he came into my business. He didn't come into my business because I'd sold him cars. He came in, into my business because of the relationship that we had developed. I could tell that that he was not happy, and obviously his wife is going to die of cancer. And so uh, I said, you know, I need, I'll come by. You know, they, they don't live too far from me. He said, I'll come by tomorrow. Really? Will you? I said, yes, I will. I'll be there around 2 o'clock. Well, so I got there, and there she was laying on the couch, and she looked a lot better than I thought she would. But we had the best talk, and we prayed, and we talked about life and loss. And, you know, we talked about my son passing away, and uh, she she would just say, you know, I just can't. I always prayed for you. I was just so sorry that that happened. I just can't imagine that happened. I said, you don't want to imagine that. You know, but you, you're surrounded with love, and... You know, you just don't know what to say. But sometimes you don't have to say anything, right? It's like Lenny Lawson talking too much when the when the car's already sold. You don't have to keep selling. Sometimes you, you don't have to talk. Sometimes just your presence there means everything. And, you know, I, I hugged her when I, when I came in, and, and then when I was getting ready to leave, she said, will you come back? I said, yes, I will. You know, sometimes you wonder if people really believe that, but I'm going to come back. I mean, she's right there along a road that I go through to get to one of my business locations. And I asked her if she wanted me to bring my guitar and I'd love to sing her some songs. And she said, would you do that? And I said, of course I will. Because she used to come and when I, when I used to sing to the elderly folks at the adult center in downtown, I would go and uh, especially around the holidays and stuff, I would go and do Christmas music and stuff. And, and if they heard I was coming, they would always show up just like my parents were always there. But I guess my, my point is, you know, these relationships that you develop over the years, they can happen in business. You know, it doesn't have to be a relative. It doesn't have to be a next-door neighbor. It doesn't have to be somebody that you encounter on a regular basis. If you plant the right seeds in people's hearts, they'll grow. And people will, you will develop relationships that endure and go beyond the business relationship. And that's what I value more than anything. A lot of people come in because of this radio show and just want to talk. You know, they just want to sit down and, and share and talk about life and stuff like that. And I love that. I do. And I, I, I truly feel that this is a calling that I'm supposed to do. I'm not trying to be a martyr or anything here. I just, uh, if I can help you in any way with your situation as far as your car is concerned, I'd love to do that because that's an area of expertise that I have. But, you know, I value the relationships more than anything, and I value you. I, I greatly appreciate the letters and the, the feedback that I get from people who listen to this radio show. I know it's uh, a little bit different than what you may hear on a lot of, I don't know, radio programs or television programs, but that's, that's intentional, I can assure you. Okay, I'll be back here in just one minute. Okay, I am back. So if you feel so moved... I would greatly appreciate it if you would pray for Don, for Paula, and for their son, Carter, because they are enduring a very difficult transition right now. And um, 
you probably know somebody who's doing the same. But I, I do believe in the power of prayer, and you know, I pray that that she will feel the presence when you know when she's scared. She talked about how she's she's just gets panicky when when it gets dark, when nighttime comes. Because she is truly, she feels truly alone when that happens. So just, you know, that's what I pray for is that she will sense the presence of God at that moment, you know, so that so that she won't be afraid. Because that's that's a terrible thing for people to be afraid. Well, thank you so much for listening, uh, for the feedback, for giving me the opportunity to to continue to do this. I think we're going on twenty six years uh, in one form or another. And um, I do appreciate it. Uh, like I say, I do go off the rails sometimes. This is one of those situations, but I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, call me if you need me, 423-552-2020 or LennyLawson2020 at gmail.com. That's my email address. Thank you, and I'll see you next time.